Hey, welcome everyone to The Young Project. Uh, we're super excited that you decided to listen to us again, um, even though you probably don't need to. Anyways, Nick and I have um, been super excited to start talking about the Christmas story, considering it's December. And so that's what we're going to talk about today in a weird roundabout way. Yeah, right, so like the the overall theme for The Young Project this time around is going to be privilege and oppression and it's definitely an interesting topic uh i took a class in undergrad about it and uh tommy tommy and i have just kind of had it as a personal um personal interest for for as long as we've known each other there thereabouts well and not always i wasn't always big on this topic yeah so not as long as things, <laughs> yeah things have shifted <laughs> Things have shifted. No, we did talk We've, about it. I was just kind of on the other side of the argument. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you're right. You're right. All right. We've talked about it since we've known each other. That's that's the truth, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to start off talking about the Christmas story uh, because the Christmas story is the story we talk about this time of year. It's December. And so to all of our you know listeners who are of the Christian faith tradition, this often is a pretty exciting time of the year. Not only because St. Nick comes down our chimneys, but because Jesus Christ comes into our hearts through the manger. Poetic. Thanks. I was really trying. All right. Well, yeah. Let's let's um let's let's dive in. Yeah, so Tommy, uh, on on the on the Instagram that I have for my for my church, I took this survey recently, and you were one of the people that filled it out. But uh, I was just clicking through. Up, <laughs> sure you were, sure you were. I was. A lot of people get mixed up different aspects of the Christmas story. So I'm going to do this quiz with you now, live. Bring it on, on yeah. Let's do it here in December 2019. Okay, so which of the four Gospels does Gabriel? come to Mary. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Luke, easy. Luke, hey, okay. In when uh when Jesus's genealogy is read, it begins with the character of Abraham. Is that Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Matthew. Hey, correct again. Easy. Wow, you're on a roll. This easy. is better than you did on the actual poll, so this That's, is good. I told you I was just clicking through on that one. Sure you were. Okay, the wise men show up. Which which gospel? Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke, or John? Matthew, easy. Nice. Wow, you are really on a roll today. Let's see if you can get the last couple. Which gospel do the shepherds show up in Luke, the easy. Christmas story? Luke, again, man, you're really on a roll. Uh, when does the fam take an ice vacation? That's with air quotes around it, to Egypt. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Uh, I don't actually know that one. Um, Matthew? Well, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. Oh, Wow, nice. congrats. And then which uh it's it's kind of interesting. That's that's it for the questions. But like Oh nice. Hey, look the, that. Yeah, you scored five out of five there, so that's pretty good. But I've always found it interesting because did you know that only <coughs> of the four gospels, okay. only Luke and Matthew have some semblance of the Christmas story and they're actually really, really different. Only um, only like, wait, only two of them out of the four gospels have the Christmas yeah, story. Yeah, so fifty percent of the gospels that are in our in our canon have have the the birth story and it's like interesting because you see when gabriel comes to mary that's recorded in luke 
um, there's emphasis on Mary, like because Mary's the Mary's a woman, and Luke's always about like trying to bring up the oppressed, lift up the oppressed. Um, Jesus's genealogy begins with Abraham. That happens in Matthew because Matthew's always like trying to parallel things with Old Testament figureheads like Abraham and Moses and David. They're, he's always trying to make Jesus look like a bigger and better Abraham or a bigger and better Moses. Mm. Um, and then the wise men show up in Matthew. Uh, cause like he was also, Matthew's also super into a kingdom king, coming kingdom, and right, Jesus yeah. being like this king of this new kingdom. And so obviously you're going to have wise rich dudes show up for a king. Whereas in Matthew or excuse me, in Luke, the shepherds show up because Luke's all about, again, lifting up the oppressed and the impoverished. Um, and so like the shepherds, you know, the lowliest of the low, these are dudes that hung out with sheep all day. They come in, um, to the, into the narrative in Luke. And then lastly, the fam takes a vacation to Egypt, uh, where eventually they come out of that's Matthew because, yeah, he's trying to make the parallel again with Moses, like bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. So I think, I think it's just interesting comparing the two Gospels. And I took a poll after, the, um, after that little quiz on, the, on my church Instagram and asking what was, what's your favorite of the two Christmas stories, Matthew or Luke? Which is your favorite, Tommy? Luke is a, a, it's a very interesting Christmas story. Because, like you said, when we compare the two, we find that Luke um, is probably trying to do something that's more like timeless, in in a in a percent um, per se. You know what I mean? Sure. Like Luke is trying to show us about like, oh, Jesus came, and when he came, he lifted up those who are normally put down. And whereas Matthew's argument is more of trying to show like, oh no, Jesus is like king in like Old Testament, and he's writing to Jewish audience, and we're not Jews, so why would that? play as much of a role for us um Hmm. not to say it's obsolete it's just it's just not as like pertinent to like our everyday life yeah maybe not as relevant to our cultural context yeah for sure so i think this christmas story kind of like leads us into this discussion of jesus and how jesus kind of flipped the script when it came to people dynamics which I think is really interesting. Yeah, you said you're writing a sermon about like the the the, the Jesus story and Luke, right? And you're going to be talking about the differences in how he interacted with people in positions of privilege or power, and versus how he interacted with people um, who were oppressed by those in those in 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 the, in the positions of power and privilege. Can you dive into that a little bit? Like, what's that? What's the the narrative you're kind yeah, of following? Yeah, um, yeah, it's super exciting, actually. Well, at least for me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. It's it's really it's really exciting because I think theologians call it like the great reversal is like what Luke focuses on that and the Holy Spirit. Um, but the great reversal, and so when Luke sets up the book, he tends to highlight all of the people that Jesus flipped the script for. So, for example, Jesus is like born of a woman. So it. Luke literally scripts down a conversation between the divine and a woman, something that would never happen in Jewish society. Like that just, it's, you know, it's crazy. But even more than that, I think it's even crazy for us to think as a denomination that refuses to ordain women, that God literally speaks to a woman. Um, that's kind of cool. But like throughout like the Christmas story, you see that who does he call to come and like anoint Jesus it's shepherds, like, you know, the most lowly yeah. people. 
Where is Jesus born? He's born in the most like disgusting place on earth. Um, yeah, like next to like cow. Dog. I don't like that song, like um, the "No Crying He Makes" song, because I'm like, no, Jesus was a, a human baby. He pooped and he cried. Okay, and he was probably really gross, like every other human baby. Is that a way in a manger? Away in a manger. Yeah, no crying he makes. The little Lord Jesus, something he takes. I think everyone should note that you you just called Jesus gross. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ouch, yeah. I I know what you're trying to say, but yes. Jesus was human, fully human. And he did fully human things. Yeah, like poop and cry. Yeah, I just don't like... I mean, yeah, let's focus on the humanity of Christ. (laughs) He was very, very human like us, yes. Yeah. Which is exactly what Luke highlights in that story. Yeah. So we take that idea of Luke highlighting the oppressed, and he tends to not write so much about the privileged. If we were to relate it today, when we talk about privilege and oppression, this, the, the Jesus story kind of like flips everything, like head over heels, basically. Like yeah. the great reversal, like the theologians call it, for how things are supposed to run. And that like directly correlates with like where we are today in society is the privileged and the oppressed. Dig into the little a little bit. Like what do you what do you mean specifically? You're talking about westernized culture, I'm okay. guessing. But like what, what yes. specifically in Western culture? Okay. Um, I just did a sermon on the book of Micah. So very briefly I'll touch on that and then That'll help answer my question. Our question. Your question. Okay, yeah. So in the book of Micah, um, you actually have the kings and the prophets on one side, and you have the regular person on the other side. And so we're in a unique situation where kings are ruling Israel and Judea, um, but prophets are still like on the scene. So like that's like an interesting time. I mean, we see that throughout the story, but we also know that's not forever. Um, so... There was something set in Jewish law that was every Jubilee year, um, everything that was taken or sold um, in terms of land and wealth was supposed to be like reset and everyone was supposed to get their shares back. So in their culture, a lot of times, you know, in order to pay off a debt, you would have to like sell your land. We do that today as well. And we'd pay off our debt that way. But what was happening is those that were in power stopped following that law and so you actually have people who couldn't afford things selling off their stuff so they could afford stuff but then they lose all of their land all of their wealth and they become poor and so you have one side that's supposed to reset the clock every couple of years and give everything back but they stopped doing that and so they became more and more wealthy we would call them billionaires today and you have one that would become more and more poor and so you have this huge dichotomy between the wealth the wealthy and the poor And then to throw that on top of that, you actually have the prophets selling off the blessings of God to those who can pay the most. So the poor not only are economically oppressed, but they're spiritually oppressed by the prophets. And so we actually find ourselves in this situation where you have one side who is extremely wealthy and another side who is extremely poor. And the book of Micah actually warns that if this is not fixed, the day of judgment will occur, which we know when we're looking at their time and place, the day of judgment was Babylon, um, would come and take over, which as we know the story, Babylon does. So 
Jesus or God is literally warning the Israelites during this time, like, hey, if you guys don't get your act together and actually be kind to those who are less fortunate, another nation is going to come in and like put you all into slavery. Hmm. And then you'll be equal. Um, which, so if we relate that to today's society, do we have a class in our society? I'm just asking you, do we have a class in our society that is becoming extremely wealthy while another side is becoming extremely unwealthy? Yeah, I I definitely, I definitely think that's the case. Like as far as percentages of wealth goes, you look at, I mean, there's a whole host of, of different areas that people have been, uh, you know, or different arenas that people have been quoted in saying that that's, that's the case. And it's different studies that have, have kind of proven that to be that, you know, that there's an extreme amount of wealth that a, only a small portion of individuals hold on to while the, the everybody else has the same or, or less than what, you know, this, this very small portion at the very top have. Simply having a job, having a roof over, uh, our heads having some sort of you know vehicle that works or like we're already way way more privileged than the vast majority of people not only in the country but like in the world um homelessness i think is a it's a mm. really huge issue it's kind of near and dear to my heart too um there's a lot of there's <laughs> i don't know like being without a, a warm place to sleep at night is is definitely a scary thing um yeah, like I, I go to I go to the the library here in Prescott a lot, and to to you know read and to to write different things, sermons, uh, whatever whatever I'm writing, and um, there's a whole host of homeless folks that hang out there um, during the day. So the library's open, I think nine to five most days, and then there's a couple of days that it's open till eight p.m. and those are like the daylight hours. You know what I mean? Those are the those are the warmer parts of the day. Especially now, we're getting into the Christmas season. We're getting into the winter. Um, it's it's starting to get cold outside. We had a we had a nice snow around Thanksgiving here. Uh, well over a foot. People were saying I was gone. But like living in that context, not necessarily having a place to sleep, not even a car to to live out of. Um, that's that's an extremely scary place to be in. Um, and yeah, when the library is only open during the warmer hours of the day, yeah, it's nicer than being outside, but like, think of the other, think of the other 16 hours that you're without a, without a warm place to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you this before that many, many homeless people sleep around our church because we have outlets and they can plug them in and charge their devices. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm, well, Yeah. Yeah, there are some in our church who have decided to cover up the outlets. Really? Kind of mean. Why? Yeah. What? So with what? Like lock boxes? Yeah, it's kind of sad actually. It's a it's there's contention with those who would rather care for them and those who would, yeah. Yikes. Which actually comes down to our whole conversation, <laughs> um, to bring it back to this idea of what Jesus is trying to do is. Jesus is actually trying to address this whole thing in the book of Luke. Like that's Luke's point is Jesus was wanting to flip the script is that there are those who have, and there are those who have not. And Jesus is trying to say, if you have, you are like obligated to take care of those of the have nots. Like it's, 
it's, it's almost as if Jesus's whole story, the whole Christmas story is trying to show us that the have nots are the ones Jesus has come to help. Yeah. I mean, you look at the practicality of what Luke talks about. We love talking about the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew, right? Where it's like, blessed are the poor in spirit. But Luke, like the way Luke interprets what Jesus was saying is totally different. He's like, he gets like super serious and practical with it. He's like, blessed are the poor, like the, those who are poor economically, um, blessed are like, blessed are these individuals who do not have, um, for theirs that that's, that's who the kingdom of heaven belongs to. Um, yeah. And, and he, he, Luke is definitely highlighting, uh, a different aspect of Jesus ministry, like a kind of a different narrative than Matthew is. But I think it's like super important that we don't overlook that aspect of what, what Luke is Luke. Jesus through Luke is, is persuading us to, to, to take part in. Yeah. Is it's this idea of if you want to bring something to the kingdom of God, bring it back to Micah, Jesus says you have to do justice. You have to love kindness and walk humbly with your God. Jesus is literally saying, you want to add something to my kingdom, it's do justice. It's to love being kind. Yeah. It's to helping those that are without. I mean, it's it's so simple, yet... So hard at a, times. A really, yeah. Yeah, it's like this weird dichotomy. Yeah, and I think that's what's so beautiful about everything with Jesus, is like he was the simplest guy. He broke everything down to these like little you know nuggets of truth. And yet at the same time, those nuggets just make everything harder. I was preaching a sermon on the the difference between like the new commandment Jesus gives and the old commandments, um, you know, the 10 commandments, right? And like the 10 commandments were, were built on by this new commandment of like love God and love those around you. But it's like, I don't know, if you give me, if you give me 10 rules to follow, I can probably, it's a lot easier, I think, for me to find like a loophole to get through them, right? Like if I'm, if I'm trying, wow. it's, it's like, okay, I know I don't have to, I, I can't, I can't be mean to my parents. <laughs> got to respect them. You know, I can't commit adultery, but there's like other ways I can kind of sneak through and like get to, get to the, you know, sinful desire of my own heart. But then God comes and gives like this yeah. overarching, like this overarching law. And he's like, just love God and love those around you. And these are like equal things. He's like, it's not secondary. It's second in sequence, not in like distinction. Right. Um, to love those around you. It's not just this vertical relationship that matters. It's also the horizontal. And I think that's what, as religion, like we, we, we focus too much on the, on that vertical aspect. And we're like, okay, like I'm, I'm good with God. So that justifies everything else I do to those around me. And then, you know, we see people like that, or we see ourselves doing something like that. And we're like, man, like, I see how you treat your wife or like, I see how, you know, you know, you flip off a homeless person as you drive by them, those kinds of things. And it's like, is that really, is that really doing justice like you're talking about and loving mercy and like enjoying the the opportunity we have to be kind? Um, but it just makes it so much harder to, to, to find those loopholes when, when God is like, listen, just only love. That's all you have to do. That's what you need to strive for. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to be perfect, but at least you're going to make progress towards that ideal. And so like strive for that. And yeah, it's like, it's not just you and me, like, if you know, I was hungry and you fed me. Jesus is saying, right? I was, I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was, I was a stranger and you lot let me in. Like I was in prison and you visited me. So by doing things for other people, by doing justice in other people's lives 
and by loving them through that we're actually we're actually you know loving god and i think that's what's so so beautiful but yet we forget that that's how that's how the kingdom of god operates precisely it's <laughs> i mean you wrapped it up so beautifully is that jesus said if you want to do something for me you're actually doing it for other people and if you're doing stuff for other people you're actually doing it for yeah. me yeah is that in essence jesus Jesus wants to embody the way we would treat our very God is the way we treat other people. So love God and love people are literally the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you summed and, it up even better than I did. Love God and love people are the exact same thing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow, I feel like, I feel like you just have a new chapter in your book now. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We also want to say um, that the best way to help people is like probably to have things, wouldn't you say, Nick? To have Like if things. you want to donate stuff to people, like if you want to donate something to someone, you got to have something. So like it's not bad to be like better off or to be more privileged. Sure. It's you just, I mean? like it's it's just using that. It's just using that privilege for the benefit of, of somebody else. It's like being intentional exactly. about using what you have been gifted, using those resources that you're privy to, to benefit the those who have less. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what, how do I do that today? I don't know. I mean, like we've talked about all the different ways, but like, what are things that I can actually practically do? Exactly, and that's like what's what's so hard, and that's what makes the simplicity of what Jesus says like so complex, is because there's a million different things we can do, and but yet they're like they take so much more intentionality than just talking about it. So one thing that we talked about Tommy earlier was that like a simple thing, an everyday thing, a thing that's extremely important and often overlooked is learning to, to empathize with these people, sit down with these people, you know, sit down with people that are, that are different than you. Um, be supportive of people who are different than you and in, in a whole host of ways, um, not just in socioeconomic status, but people who believe differently than you, people who look differently than you, people who have different um, ideas about the way work, the way the world works uh, than you do. And sit down with them and empathize with them, listen to their stories, get to know them for who they are, realizing that in all reality, everybody's a little bit different than you, even the people that you think are in your your group, your, your clique, your, your church maybe, as it were, like the people who think the same way and look a lot like you that there's still going to be differences in them. But then there's also like practical things. I mean, um, standing up and advocating for some sort of cause or something, um, some, some, some neat, uh, companies or not companies, organizations that I, that I think are really awesome to support there. As far as homelessness goes, there's a national alliance to end homelessness here in the U S. Uh, I think they're a super neat organization. There's the international justice mission, which works internationally to like end slavery around the world. Cause slavery is still this huge, uh, pro- problem globally. And then the human rights campaign, which is, uh, an equality organization, an organization kind of which champions, um, equality, especially here in the U S but all over the world. And I think like supporting groups like them, um, not only, you know, maybe with, with money, but also like vocally, like, can be a, a super, a super huge thing, and like becoming an ally um, for people that are for people that are different than us, for people that are oppressed by the majority of society. For you know, kind of helps us be a little bit more uh, like Jesus, or do a little bit more um, in the way that Jesus did things. And there you have it. Get involved one by listening, 
and just trying to empathize with other people that might have a different narrative than you. And two, get involved with the organizations. It doesn't always mean financial means, but try to see where you can help. If it's going to a protest, if it's, I don't know, volunteering, handing stuff out to those who are less fortunate. Just using the time that we have to help those that might not have that same luxury. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Young Project. We're super happy that you spent the last couple of minutes listening to us talk about something that we care about, um, privilege and oppression. We hope that you will let this episode inspire you to hopefully do better in this world and to love others the exact same way you love God. Yeah. Um, we're going to leave some links down in the notes uh, for different organizations that we think do a good job of living out or at least attempting to live out the way that Jesus um, kind of outlined for us in Luke's gospel. And as always, you can find everything related to The Young Project at theyoungproj.org. That's theyoungproj.org. Yeah, check out our, our vlog by our friend Peter. You can check us on social media by our boy Angel. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, heck, even Facebook, or even Twitter. We have a Twitter account. We don't really post on there, though, but you can follow us on Twitter. You just said Twitter twice. Ah. Anyways, (laughs) you can follow us on any of our social medias. Twitter's on your mind. Twitter's on your mind. You can follow us on any of our social media accounts. You can check out our website, like Nick said. We just want to engage with you. Discussion is helpful. We also want to do a Q&A. So if you want to drop us some questions on our social media, we'd love to answer any questions that you have brewing. We know that you've reached out before. It's always helpful to hear feedback. So. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And yes, let's end this.